National Championship Game Day has arrived. We finally made it here. It's been a heck of a journey. Uh, and there's still going to be uh, probably quite a few dramatic twists and turns before it's over today. We're going to dive into the National Championship Game in this special National Championship edition of First Down South. I'm Matt Scalisi. I'm joined today by my two co-hosts, John Talty and Matt Zenitz. And our show today is brought to you by Andrew Sports Medicine, who is uh, sponsoring all of our national championship coverage today. So, guys, we, uh, we've had a few of these shows where we, we debated whether this game would be played today. We debated whether the rest of the season would be played at all. So it's a remarkable moment to be here on the morning of the national championship game as Matt Zenitz and I are, are getting ready to cover this thing from, from home base here in Alabama. And John Talty, you're down there in Miami. You're, you're uh, hours away from motorcading into Hard Rock Stadium. Well, I think we're actually going to we're going to we've rented a car, so we're not going to get the sweet motorcade, uh, which is always one of my favorite parts of covering this game. Um, you know, hope everybody can enjoy my lovely hotel room that you're getting to see um, here. But it's interesting, Matt, just kind of the points that you're making. I, I keep finding myself thinking about just, you know, how unlikely at times it felt like this season was even going to happen. And also just how much in the lead up to this season, it seemed like the SEC and Big Ten were on opposite sides of, you know, this these hotly debated topics about whether to play a season or not. And it just, uh, you know, call it a coincidence, you know, interesting, whatever you want. It just, I, I do find it very interesting that Alabama and Ohio State are now these two teams playing for a national championship, just given everything that went on, you know, both publicly and behind the scenes just to get to this moment here in Miami, uh, you know, tonight. Yeah, uh, a big moment to, to just even make it to this point. And, and I'm sure our commenters are ready for us to dive into talking about the game tonight. They're, 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 they're begging for it, I'm sure, just like they're probably screaming for John to uh, make his bed back there in the hotel room. But uh, look, we're, we're doing we, – we, I will say this too. For our show, for First Down South, we have this, – this whole thing has been kind of an adaptation for us. And this, this show, a little bit, we let you behind the scenes of kind of how our reporting process works in this business. And we've had to be, in addition to uh, the, the side of this sport that you're aware of, uh, and, and all of the, the the kind of obstacles that they've had to overcome this year, these two guys uh, and, and everybody else on our team has had to be covering this season in all kinds of weird circumstances. And uh, and and we're doing it right now. I mean, we're we're sort of all sitting here doing something we never would have thought we would have been doing a year ago. So um, it, it's it's pretty it's pretty weird on a number of levels. But let let's finally do something that feels normal, which is get into this football game. And let's start with uh, the, the part of this Alabama football team that everybody talks about the most that has electrified college football this year, and that's their offense. Um, John, th this has been, this has been a, an incredible team to watch that I think people, regardless of how this season ends, people are going to be talking about this Alabama offense for years. I mean, this is going to be referenced as kind of a, a gold standard, at least in the SEC. Absolutely. I mean, you look back, you know, it's tough because, you know, a year ago it felt like we were seeing one of the best offenses ever and just what Joe Burrow and LSU were able to do. And I think Alabama's offense last year was pretty close to that too before Tua went down. And so, you know, here you have 
I think as we kind of come to the culmination of some of these guys' careers, you have Najee, you know, probably being one of, if not the best running back of the Nick Saban era. You have Devonta Smith, who just won the Heisman. And, you know, even if people still pick Julio as the best wide receiver of the Saban era, he's at least going to leave as the most accomplished wide receiver of the Alabama uh, era of Nick Saban and really probably just Alabama history. You've got Mac Jones, who you know, emerged as a Heisman finalist this year. And, you know, I saw a mock draft earlier today that had him as a top 10 pick. Uh, so you have, you know, quite a bit of talent. That's not even getting into all of the offensive line talent that has you know allowed those guys to do what they do so well. So this offense, you know, coupled with the fact that they had you know, the best assistant coach in the country and Steve Sarkeesian just has led to an incredibly high powered offense. That's been a lot of fun to watch. Uh, you know, probably, you know, if you went back a decade ago, never could have imagined that Alabama would have this kind of offense and that it would be its offense that was leading it to the national championship game. But it's easily the best thing about this team. Um, and I, I'm very excited to see what they're able to do tonight against Ohio State. And Matt, one one sort of bonus potentially that people might be getting from this offense tonight uh, is the potential addition of another key playmaker that we saw from earlier in the season in Jalen Waddle. You've been reporting and, and been all over this story from the beginning, from the first whispers of it potentially happening. As we go into the final hours before the game, what do we know? What do we feel and think about the possibility that Jalen Waddle might return and play in this national championship game tonight for Alabama? Yeah. Obviously, a possibility still to be determined. It's been described as a game time decision publicly by Nick Saban, but at the same time, it's a it's legitimate. This is a game time decision where they'll evaluate him during the course of pregame warmups, see how he feels, see how he looks, and make a determination from there. Although I do know that from people close to the kid, it does seem like he is going to to, to try to play. But again, game time decision. See how he looks and feels coming out of pregame warmups. Matt, I'm curious because, and you've done a great job of, again, of keeping us up to date on on how this has all developed, which would be an incredible story to see him out there again. What do we know so far about kind of how things have gone in practice for Jalen Waddell? Because they've obviously been doing a pretty good job of keeping this under wraps. But, you know, it, it's, I guess for some, for some of us who have just, you know, we saw him go down against Tennessee and we didn't see him again and we still haven't seen him again kind of out there doing things. What's what's been going on for the last couple of weeks as as we've led to this moment? Mm -hmm. So obviously coming off of a significant injury like this, Alabama had a set plan in place for easing him back into things. And uh, to, to go along with what I said already, the, the sense all along was that this was going to come down to a game time like decision. There had been optimism, so some hope in terms of him being available. And now we'll, we'll see how he looks and feels during the, the course of this build up to the game when they get out on the field and have a chance to evaluate him further. And also for, for Jalen to see how he feels himself at that point. And, and I, I, I will, I'll pose this to both of you, but, but John, I'll throw it to you first, I guess. The, the, the aspect of Jalen Waddle potentially being out there, and this was already a very dangerous offense. Let's, let's maybe assume that this is a guy who's, who's, limited in at least some capacity, even if he plays tonight. What what does it do to this game, to the matchup, um, if anything, to have a guy like this out there taking a spot on the field? You know, up on the line of scrimmage, you've got to match somebody up against him if you're Ohio State. 
Yeah, I mean, he, everybody knows just how good of an offensive weapon he is. And so it just creates a, kind of another challenge, you know, for Ohio State to try to find a way to slow this guy down. You know, we've already seen, you know, if you watch that Clemson game, uh, you know, Sean Wade didn't have uh, the best night. And, you know, I know he says he wants Devonta Smith, but, you know, good luck on that to begin with. But I also just think, I mean, Ohio State secondary is one of its, I think, weaknesses to begin with. And so if you now put another kind of, you know, stress factor test on that secondary with Waddle, uh, I think that, that creates another challenge for them, you know, but I think the key, and this isn't, you know, some profound point, but I think the key is just like, at what level of health is Waddle? You know, is he purely just going to be capable of being a decoy? Can he go, you know, 70%, 80%, you know, that to me, I think would determine how big of a factor it'll be just for how much Ohio State actually has to do with him. Um, but again, you know, I'm sure they've already had to game plan just because of the possibility and it just creates another, you know, major potential weapon that Alabama can utilize um, against this Ohio State defense. Matt, your thoughts on on what Waddle, you know, I, I, it's hard, hard to know what Steve Sarkeesian is thinking right now, but if they've got him available, if, they, if they've got him out there, does this change anything for Ohio State? I'm to say the least. This is, and it's crazy to say, considering Alabama has the Heisman Trophy winner, three of the, the top five guys in the Heisman voting, but th- this is arguably coming into the year the, the guy that was viewed as the, the best, most dynamic player w- on this team and, and maybe in the, the country to go along with that. The, the biggest key will just be, once again, how he looks during the course of pregame warm-ups and if he is able to, to get out there and play, how he's able to, to do a, and hold up in his first game game action, obviously, since October 24th, and the example that was thrown out to me, Alabama saw a, a somewhat similar situation, not the same deal, but a, a similar situation in terms of Hollywood Brown, that the receiver for Oklahoma, when they played Oklahoma in the semifinals, wait, what was it, two years ago, I, I think it was, where Hollywood Brown was coming off an injury, tried to give it a go, was full speed on the first drive, but, it, but then all of a sudden was a lesser version of himself from there. So that's something just worth keeping in mind coming off of obviously a significant injury like this. But but I'll say again, and I'm not trying to sound repetitive, that at least based on what Jalen has told people, he is going to do what he can to try to give it a, a go. So we will see once again if that is reality in terms of uh, – just how he feels during during pregame warm-ups and what the medical staff feels about him after having a chance to evaluate him further. Definitely setting up a potentially very dramatic moment in this game uh, will be one of the one of the things to certainly keep an eye on very early on the first Alabama offensive possession in this game. Let's move to the other side of the ball and talk about uh, this Ohio State offense and the kind of problems they pose for Alabama's defense. Look, there lots of people have lots of big feelings about this Alabama defense and have all year. I think we've seen a pretty wide range of performance out of this team. We obviously know that there are moments um, where they can be exploited and have been exploited. They, the, the Ole Miss game will, I think, haunt the nightmares of Alabama fans for many years. I think that's pretty much the worst, uh, the worst experience an Alabama fan can have and still win a game. Uh, was that game against Ole Miss earlier this season. But we've seen it happen against some some of the other high-powered offenses. We know that Florida obviously uh, made a lot of hay late in that in that SEC championship game. But there have also been games where this Alabama defense has looked great and, and has been lights out. So I, I'm, I'm curious from 
you, Matt, we'll start with you. The, the, the specific threats, I think, that you see from this Ohio State offense and how they might uh, pose problems for Alabama's defense, or, or maybe not. Maybe do you feel like Alabama matches up well against what this Ohio State team does? It's going to be a significant challenge. Uh, you're facing a potential top five pick, a, a quarterback, and NFL talent to, to go along with that. And you can make a strong case that this will be the, the biggest challenge that, that Alabama's defense has faced this year, even having faced groups like Ole Miss and, and Florida, especially factoring in once again that this is the best quarterback that, that they have played to this point. And then, then you factor in Trey Sermon also, who uh, was a backup most of the year, and now all of a sudden has gotten his opportunity dur- during the course of the last couple of games and, and his run for, wait, what is it, 1,000 yards during the last two games alone? <laughs> I mean, it's been a, a crazy run for him. He's run for, I, I think the, the exact number is like 520 yards during the course of these last two games and, and has shown the kind of ability he has. And it seems like they're going to get another talented running back back for this game also in Master T, who, who had like 450 yards through the, the first five games and have NFL players along the offensive line, some NFL players at receiver, it's going to be a challenging game for this Alabama defense. Yeah. And, and I think John, we we've seen what this Ohio state offense can do when they're kind of unleashed. We saw what they did against Clemson where it just, it really, I think would give Alabama fans sort of those flashbacks to that Ole Miss game, but but in general, just what we've seen out of the best offenses in college football this year, just scoring on almost every possession, uh, seeming like they can't be stopped. For folks who didn't watch much Ohio State this year, and to be fair, there's not a lot of Ohio State to watch comparatively to other teams, what were the teams that were able to give Ohio State a harder time. What were they doing? What what do you what do you feel like if there is a weakness uh, that, that Alabama can look for, what has it been so far for this team? Well what's challenging about that question, Matt, is just that I feel like in the games when they played the worst, there was probably at least one or two notable players that were out because of COVID. And so one throughout the season, some of their key challenges is they just have not been having everybody play at the same time. You know, Alabama, that has not been nearly as big of a problem. And so you go back, you can look at Indiana, you can look at the Northwestern game and, you know, Northwestern game, like their offense looked bad, you know, I mean, outside of Trey Sermon. And you have people talking about how Justin Fields isn't that good. And then they kind of get all the pieces back together for the most part. Defensively, they still had issues in Clemson uh, through COVID, but offensively kind of had the pieces back and it was just rolling against Clemson. So I think it's hard to kind of find, I mean, we've seen some struggles in the past. You know, I, I think everyone is obviously curious as to what percent healthy Justin Fields is. And along with that, you know, we saw him have a lot of success against Clemson, you know, getting outside the pocket, moving, you know, the ball down the field with his legs. And so are they willing to put him at risk in some regard by letting him do that? And because I think it really opens up the offense when he can do that. And so that's one of the things that I'm curious about. If you can kind of keep him bottled up and they don't want him. Yeah. And uh, we lost John there for a second. Oh, there he is. Okay. Uh, Sorry, John, we lost you there for a second. We've got you back. I don't know where I was cut off there, but. uh, (laughs) You were talking, you were, I mean, you were actually talking about, the ability to get to Justin Fields and put some pressure on him. And actually our producer Patrick has pulled up a stat at the bottom here regarding sacks allowed, which actually per game is 
um, is not a great looking stat for Ohio State. They've, they've had a little bit of an issue uh, protecting Justin Fields just comparatively to Alabama. They're, not, they're, they're certainly not an elite pass protection team uh, when it comes to statistically this year. Yeah, and so that's, I mean, that's part of the thing is, you know, can you keep him in the pocket and can you protect him in that pocket? You know, I think everybody, like I was saying, you know, it's going to be very curious to just see how healthy he is in this game and, you know, whether he can kind of get through the whole game, you know, kind of unscathed. And so that's going to be, I think, a big, you know, question mark for everybody. And, you know, the flip side is just, you know, I think everybody has kind of established and talked about this isn't the greatest Alabama front seven. You know, the linebackers aren't as good as maybe some we've seen in the past. Just D-line's not doesn't have that kind of stud that maybe we've seen. I and mean, there are obviously some very talented players. I don't want to knock them in that regard. But, you know, we've seen just some incredible defensive linemen come out of Alabama. You know, Quinton Williams was recent one and, you know, was a top five NFL pick. There's not quite that level of talent and disruptors. So, you know, it is kind of in some ways weakness on weakness there. And just it'd be curious to see what, you know, defensive coordinator Pete Golden dials up to try to get some pressure on fields. And one thing I'll add in also just about this Ohio State offense that I find interesting. So they, they had their, their worst performance of the season offensively in the Big Ten title game. Got, got held to something like 22 points by Northwestern. They did not play to the level that you would expect from a, a team with this kind of out. This kind of talent offensively and come back off of that with their best performance of the season against a more talented defense in Clemson. But but aside from that Northwestern game where they did get held to 22 points, they've put up at least 35 points in every other game this year. And once again, to repeat what I said earlier, this is the, the best most complete offense that Alabama has faced to this point, especially combining the, the quarterback position with some of those guys at skill spots like Trey Sermon, Master Teague at running back, with guys like Chris Olave at receiver to go along with that, guys who will be playing on Sundays to go along with Justin Fields. All right. So, moment. John, did you have anything else you wanted to add? No, I, just, I, mean, I think one of the questions, too, is just, I mean, like, how healthy is Malachi Moore in this game? You know, is he able to go? And, you know, because I do think there's a drop-off when he's not on the field. And I would imagine if he's not playing, you know, whether it's Brian Branch or somebody else stepping in for him, you know, that's going to be a target for them. Like Xander said, I mean, they have some, I mean, a lot of is, I mean, people haven't projected as a first round pick. Like that's a really talented wide receiver who is going to test Alabama maybe as much as anybody they've faced this year. Definitely uh, a lot of talent on the field tonight. Some folks who follow this, this sort of thing, folks in the recruiting industry in particular uh, have noted that this is, uh, this is the potentially the most talented national championship game we've ever seen more blue chip talent on the field at the same time uh, than any other game that we've ever seen in the modern era when it comes to measuring those kinds of things. So definitely will be some future NFL players all over the field tonight. Let's get into our predictions for what we're going to see tonight guys and, uh, and set ourselves up to be called out for our bad cold takes later. But uh, I will, I'll throw myself on the fire first here and say that I, I think that this is going to be a shootout. I, I know that's not an original thought, but that's fully what I'm expecting based on everything that we know about these two teams right now. Um, I, I think that there's a lot of talent on both defensive uh, football teams, but I'm not expecting those guys to win the matchups very often. I think this is going to be a game where both teams get into the 40s, and I'll go with something like, uh, I'll go with something like 45 to 42 final score, just a, a, a nail biter shootout of a game. 
and I'll I'll pick Alabama to come out on top in this game. But I'm curious how you guys uh, see this. And Matt, let's go to you first. Yeah, I mean, if I had to bet on it, I'd, I'd probably bet on Alabama. But I, I think this is a game where points are going to be put up. If I had to guess on a score, I'd probably say somewhere in the, the 40 to 30 range, something like that. Because wait, once again, while there's a lot of talent on offense, Ohio State has shown, similar to Alabama, some vulnerabilities on, on defense, specifically like John talked about earlier in the secondary. So Ohio State in their front seven has some NFL guys there has at least a couple guys with like the Pete Warners of the world and Baron Browning, who throughout the course of the year have had early round NFL draft grades and obviously caused issues for Clemson during the course of that game where they held Travis Etienne, who's a, a, a hell of a prospect at running back relating to the NFL stuff to 32 yards on 10 carries, so we, which well below the, the typical production that, that you would see from him. But, but at the same time, they've had issues in the secondary where even though they created some issues for Trevor Lawrence in terms of getting pressure on him during the course of that game, still put up 400 yards th- throwing the football. So I, I do think that both sides are, are probably going to put up yards, probably put up some points. But if I had to bet on it, I, I probably would bet on Alabama to ultimately come out on top. All right. That's two for Alabama, John. Are you going to make it a sweep or be the dissenter here today? Yeah, I'll make it a sweep. And I'll, I'll say just to start, uh, our colleague Michael Casagrande pulled 19 people, uh, you know, different, you know, the common people, national writers across, you know, South Florida writers, all these different people. And the only person out of those 19 who picked Ohio State to win is another one of our colleagues, Pulitzer Prize winning John Archibald, just because he respects the tide so much. He doesn't want to put any rat poison out into the world. And so everybody else, I think, is picking Alabama to win this game. I also believe Alabama wins this game. I think the shootout benefits them because I think they have the better offense. Uh, and ultimately, again, these are two teams that I think match up in a lot of very similar ways, like we've discussed. Two great offenses uh, and also two defenses that clearly have some deficiencies. I just trust Alabama a little bit more to whether it's to get a stop at the right time to kick a critical field goal at the right time. I just think that they have just a little bit more than Ohio State does, and that's why I like Alabama to win this game. I think Casagrande, I think the prediction I gave to him was 41-31. So I think we're all kind of in the same boat. We all think it's going to be 30-plus points uh, and that Alabama is going to win. Now, of course, that we've all put that out there. We'll see some weird low-scoring game. Um, (laughs) At least I I think that Alabama wins, and I think just – one of the things I think we will all be talking about if Alabama wins this game is a, was this the best saving team and B is this possibly the best college football team period? I think those are going to be some of the big things that we talk about just depending on if Alabama wins and also just how they win. If they win by two touchdowns plus, I think it really caps what's been one of the most incredible seasons ever. Yeah. Nick Saban himself has often uh, when, when he gets asked, any question kind of in this universe about best teams, he very frequently brings up the 2009 team. And the reason he says that is because they were able to go undefeated. So that's something that has a lot of value to Nick Saban, uh, in part because he's only done it once at Alabama. So that that would certainly make this a very special accomplishment. What's funny about that, and we I think we joked in one of our calls earlier this week, but obviously the game's being played in Miami. I wonder if any of those 2009 guys, if they have the champagne, if they're going to pull the Miami Dolphins thing, like, <laughs> do they have somebody to join the club, or do they, are they going to pop the champagne that another team didn't go undefeated like them? 
I don't know, man. I, I think uh, I think you gotta if the, the the school spirit is a different factor when it comes to to college football. I think those guys are probably all, for the most part, um, sitting around rooting pretty hard for the alma mater. Uh, we and we've seen it from a number of them. You know, they they tend to hold it over their other teammates in the NFL. We see a lot of good fun videos of of guys after college national championships. So. We will, uh, we will see definitely a lot of Bama and Ohio State guys in the NFL already, and, and a lot of guys playing in this game tonight will be playing on Sundays in the future. A, a dramatic showdown between two of the ultimate powerhouses of the sport. Um, you really can't ask for a better situation than this. This is, uh, you know, it was, it was a weird journey to get to this point, but now that we're here, uh, it does feel – it feels – a little bit normal, right? It feels kind of right now that we're actually going into this. We have a big college football game with everything on the line. Tonight, 7 p.m., Patrick, thank you for the uh, for the graphic there with the details. We will actually have a pregame show for you uh, wherever you're watching this show right now, uh, two hours before kickoff later this afternoon with myself and Lauren Sisler. We will come back for a postgame show after the game. Matt Zenitz and John Talty and the rest of our AL.com crew will have tons of coverage of the game for you tonight. There's already a bunch of great stuff up at AL.com as we speak uh, to get you ready for the game. Thank you for joining us for First Down South, and thanks again to our sponsor at uh, Andrew Sports Medicine. Andrews Sports Medicine, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Call 205-939-3699.